Okay, so now you kind of got me thinking because, so you're telling me that the end yeah. of season, the end of season two of Rebels, Ezra was in like season four, like we okay, so we at the end of season two we saw what happened in season four, and the aftermath of that. Yeah. Okay, now my head's just exploded. The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. Why is the Force connected? I am a Jedi. Always do. There are. We're a dyad in the Force. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Force Dyad Podcast. This is episode 57. We've got Ahsoka Part 4, Fallen Jedi tonight. Our reactions and theories. I'm your host, Obi Sean, joined as always by my co-host with the most, Jedi John. How you doing, buddy? How's it going, man? It is going well. It's going well. How are you? How are you doing? It's good. It's good. You know, opening weekend for NFL football. Uh, my fantasy teams, which you have dumped on previously, previous years, previously this week, uh, they're coming through. They're they're trump they're trouncing your fantasy teams. Oh, oh yeah, checked, my teams you know, are garbage. My teams you know. are garbage. Yeah, your teams are far superior. To yeah. <laughs> and I drafted Geno Smith in one of those leagues. Yes. Seems like I might be the top point scorer this week in that league. But yeah, you know, yeah. Well, I mean, let's not give all the credit to Geno. You do have Tyreek uh, Tyreek Hill on uh, on that team, so he's he did pretty good today. In that specific league, I didn't have two picks in the first five rounds. Yeah. I don't want everybody to forget that. And I'm still dominating. You're welcome. That is true. Big drafter. Big drafter here, guys. Big drafter. That is true. <laughs> I, I am I am but, I am jealous. But we 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 digress <laughs> into Star Wars. Yeah, dig digress into the main talking points, which was uh I, I would say it was probably <laughs> from a uh uh, a live action show series, like one of the more kind of crazy, everything kind of culminating in one episode with you got the the big Moroc reveal, so to speak. Um, two really excellent lightsaber duels, uh, a curious um, <clears throat> character decision, which we'll kind of talk about. And then, of course, the return of the king. Uh, at the end of the episode. So um, there's a lot to, I, I, there's a lot more to discuss in this episode than I actually thought there was going to be going into it for sure. I think it's just typical, you know, didn't think there was going to be a lot to discuss. And then we thought about it for three or four days and now we have a lot to discuss. That's true. So, uh, so yeah, let's just kind of dive in. Um, quick recap. Uh, you've got Rock'em Sock'em Robots between Huyang and the, uh, Assassin droid, which was awesome and unexpected. Love it. Uh, you've got two excellent lightsaber duels, but the Sabine and Shin rematch, and Ahsoka and Maroc in the forest. And then, also, I guess we had three lightsaber duels. And then you have the the ultimate duel at the end between Balin and Ahsoka, with Ahsoka ending up in the world between worlds, confronted by her former master? Question mark. 
so there, there again, there are a lot of kind of talking points to, to discuss. I know you've got a few in your pocket. Um, I guess initial reactions after I, how many times did you watch this episode? Just the one time? So I watched it uh, twice fully through. And then I watched some specific scenes three or four times because okay. I really wanted to just get the the full view, I guess you could say. Like some of the lightsaber duels I watched, especially the uh, Maroc, and then uh, the final one with Ahsoka being pushed over because I know we, we had talked uh, last week briefly about some stuff, and I'm like, I remember seeing that, but it wasn't present when she got pushed so eh was it open was it not open i don't know um good discussion points mm -hmm. so did you like the episode upon the uh, upon your first uh your first watch i guess did you enjoy it or did it like grow on you first watch yeah so first watch it was like what did i just see <clears throat> i definitely was not 100% on board with some of the decisions and I'm still not 100% on board with the decisions but I feel like I have now theorized my way out of it to where I'm excited about to see what happens you know uh, which I'm excited to share with everybody uh, but um, I think I, I shared this with you the other day like if we could just get more Balin I will I'll, I'll watch that show all day like I want to know more about this guy I think he's incredibly powerful uh good with the force uh, obviously he's an accomplished duelist and uh i'd love to know more about him yeah i i was kind of the same way i i have watched it twice now <clears throat> uh, watched it the second time actually yesterday because i feel like upon my first watch i enjoyed the the duels um the the end fight scene was was great i had a real issue with Sabine's decision and how it <clears throat> and how it relates to her character, right? Kind of going back to Rebels and thinking there's I can't I couldn't at least at that time understand why she would make that choice and primarily because it's almost like her surrendering and Sabine never struck me as someone who would give up you know, under any sort of circumstance, again, having, having gone through her story in Rebels. And, and so it really actually kind of annoyed me, um, which sounds stupid. Uh, how can, you know, how could that annoy you? But it just, it just didn't seem to fit the character correctly. And then when I watched it the second time, I kind of tried to look at it through the lens of her longing throughout Rebels to find a family, like a belonging, especially since her family had cast her out at least until they kind of get back together, right? And Phoenix Squadron was her family eventually. And and being that Ezra and Ahsoka was never a part of that. And so Hera and Ezra uh, and Zeb, I'm sure, are her family. And so I guess in that respect, right, she's making the decision, the only decision th she thinks uh, will get her a part of her family back. And so... When I look at it through that lens, it makes a little bit more sense, and I'm less annoyed by it, <laughs> and I can understand it more. Um, <clears throat> so, I will say probably my my grade probably went up an entire point after my second rewatch because I looked at it from a different 
from a diff- that particular scene from a different point of view. From a certain point of view. <laughs> exactly. Um, so first thing, before we kind of get to the, the broader or the bigger talking points, right, we get the, the Maroc Ahsoka fight and the, not even a reveal, right, but everyone was theorizing, who's Maroc? Who's Maroc? Is it Ezra? Is it Cal? Is it Kanan? Is it, I don't even remember some of the crazy other theories they were, right? But they, he was, he was, he was a nobody, right? Um, or... I, I think he's some sort of reincarnated inquisitor with like a night sister zombie type thing where they found an inquisitor and they reanimated his corpse basically. Yeah. The only thing that I'm struggling with on that, like I'm, I'm so I'm personally happy. Maroc was just Maroc. Like I didn't need him to be any old character. I didn't need a callback for anything. Um, the only thing that I had a problem with was like, I know, the big theory is oh night sister magic whatever i just feel weird because the night sister magic is always that fluorescent green mm-hmm. and not that dark neutral earthy green we got out of Morocco. Mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's just because of the magic that was used or if that's how you know morgan elsbeth just operates and that's what the magic she used did to him it was just it was it makes me think that it wasn't exactly Night Sister Magic. It might have been mixed um, mixed with something different. But at the same time, I was okay with it because I did not want him to be some other character that we we, we know, know have known from the past. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and when those theories were kind of floating around, right, is it is it, you know, especially like the Ezra and somebody who's talking, again, I saw so many Cal Kestis theories, which made absolutely no sense. Um, the, the thinking was how would that character become kind of subservient to Balin and Morgan, right? Like, and it would almost have to be kind of a, a zombified trance, if you will, right? Like, so if it wasn't some sort of zombie spirit or or like a zombie or a spirit or what have you, it was somebody who was clearly entranced throughout the whole thing. Um, so... But yeah, outside of Night Sister Magic, I don't know. I mean, there's there's nothing that I'm aware of uh, on the dark side of the Force that creates that sort of re- result. I guess when someone's cut down. But uh, yeah, Oof. I was I was uh, I was ex- not excited, but I was pleased that it was absolutely nobody special um, and a perfect kind of throwaway character. And then at the same time, you get Shin and Sabine and the i don't know the 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 her kind of tapping into the force right with that kind of force push did she use the force is that what we're calling that was that a force push like a quick like it was like a that's it that's that's all i got it was it was the extent of her of her cup training um right her cup training was cut short and so that was that was all she had learned at that point the the cup the cup won again The, the cup won again it's okay i I actually thought it was, um, I thought it was her reaching or like trying to pull for the saber and it was Shin immediately looking down and then talking with Keith. He's like, oh no, he, she, she force pushed her. And then I watched it again. I was like, oh yeah, I guess she did. Um, and then of course she shoots, shoots her, uh, her yeah, whistling birds. Uh, or not, I don't know if they're truly whistling birds, but that, that was, that was kind of cool. Her shooting her, her wrist gauntlets at, at Shin as a retort. Um, 
that duel was good. Obviously, the training with with Hu Yang uh, has been paying off at least to some in some respects. the the main The main duel with Balin, right? Um, I think you, you, one of the questions you had was why why does she choose to go uh, single or like single bladed, right? Did you ever headcanon your way or, or, or rationalize your way through that one? I did. Um, I decided that she needed, she knew that she was going to need the strength behind holding a single saber versus two because she knew that he was going to be a powerful striker. And just the dual wielded was not going to be strong enough to, to hold. Um, because most of the time when she pulls out her shadow blade, she's on the offensive a lot. Most of the time, I would say, in general. Um, outside of when she's really just dodging or repelling uh, blaster attacks, which, you know, dual wielding lends itself to those defenses. But as far as a heavy blade strike um, without a dual wielder, which is, <laughs> excuse me, why I was surprised she went sing single bladed against Maroc and Balin. I felt like against Maroc she should have used two because there, she was going to be against a double bladed lightsaber. Um, but against Balin, I think she just knew that she would need the the strength of just wielding one. So that's what I came up with in my head, at least to make it okay. <laughs> well, it, and and I I would I would agree with that. I actually think I saw something online about that earlier today. You know that the fight stance is more uh, samurai like, right? The 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 single handed her style, anyways. Versus the knight, yeah. I just fighting style of Balin. It immediately reminded me of um, episode two when Anakin was dueling Dooku, and his stance in the hangar was mm -hmm. straight up after he lost his second lightsaber, or mm -hmm. he didn't have it yet. Mm -hmm. But he immediately went straight up, and that's how Ahsoka started off with Balin. Yeah. And and so leading into that into that fight, right? You get the him sitting there on the rock. Anakin, Anakin spoke highly of you, right? Funny he never mentioned you. You know the. <clears throat> it makes me wonder, right? If if he's because I think, and we can talk about this, I guess, when we get to the Sabine bit. But the way that he's able to tap into the Force and instantly like know people's. Weak, like weaknesses, right? Like with Ahsoka, it's clearly that sort of relationship, that unrepaired relationship with Anakin. Um, we we learn, you know, when he pulls it on Sabine, that it's obviously her family or her desire for a family, and he's able to almost like force talk his way into people's heads before the fight even starts and kind of get them off, you know, uneasy, uh, which is awesome. <laughs> um, it's very palp yeah. it's very like palpatine like not maybe to the same extent that he's able to manipulate you know verbally but it, it had a very similar feel to the way that he could just use his words to to, to kind of in a way either get under someone's skin immediately or in inevitably with Sabine get what he wanted so I thought that was interesting I think I think it was also you know it's interesting with him because he was talking to ahsoka. And, you know, he said that, like, we would, we could do this another way, but you only know one way. Mm -hmm. And 
it was an interesting line, and I know I just butchered it, but at the same time, you know, he called her out for always being on the attack, so to speak, and always causing the, like, it had to be a duel to finish it, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was very much an Anakin way of looking at things. Like, you had to win the battle to end that, whatever it was. And uh, you could tell that he wanted a different way, and he got it with Sabine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he knew immediately, like, he's like, I would totally do this differently with you, but I know it's not going to fly. So here we go. So very interesting. And he obviously knew Anakin fairly well um, from the Jedi Academy. He knew of Ahsoka, obviously. I mean, we learned the other episode that he knew exactly who Sabine was also mm-hmm. to Ahsoka which is long after the Jedi Order. So um, he's a very knowledgeable Force user. So it it was very interesting to get his insight on how he's just analyzing Ahsoka and Sabine. Yeah, and and the the fight choreography, the, the duel itself was, it was top, top notch. You know, the, the, from a practicality perspective, right? I felt like if if you were to imagine, again, kind of a, a medieval knight, and that's what I thought Balin always looked like from when his poster was, was released back in, you know, early August. He's he's dressed like a knight. He carries himself like a knight, you know, not just a Jedi knight, right? Like a, a medieval knight. And the way he carries his sword, it's like a broadsword. And the way he swings is very, you know, powerful, right? Like you said, with... Uh, you know, requiring Ahsoka to have have a single, a single blade so she can she could parry and 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 defend against that. And his his level of honor, you know, is one where it's 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 very Jedi like in that respect, right? He's very he seem he comes across as honorable, um, but that duel, you know, with you get cutting through the hinges, throwing throwing of the rocks. Um, you know, and then the inevitable uh, whack off of the cliff, you know, the fallen Jedi, right? The, uh, up, up, it happened, right? But then Soka's not really a Jedi, right? But um, out of out of all of the kind of recent duels, I felt it was definitely one of the better choreographed um, fight scenes because it did feel more practical, if that makes sense, like from a from a dueling perspective, Right, there wasn't a lot of extraneous flips and doodads and anything like that. Like they were all purposeful strikes. Yeah, well, I I would say it was definitely not like a CGI lightsaber duel. Like it was definitely a very real. Um, yeah, I mean that's really what you can say about it. It was just a very real and realistic saber duel. It wasn't like you said. We didn't get Ahsoka flipping around or doing barrel rolls through. <laughs> everything else that was going on it was just i mean it was, it was pure uh dueling sabers yeah so, yeah now one thing before we get to talking about sabine the the fact that when ahsoka removes the map it completely like chars her hand what i couldn't for the life of me figure out what would cause that to happen um Unless it's unless the the fire that it's floating above is actually heating it, like I I, I couldn't figure out why that would yeah that would happen. I get the I th- I think that's just one of those um, kind of just because you know, things security like, that 
oh nice yeah the night sister magic it was like a, just a yeah you can't just pick it up it's got like a curse on it kind of thing almost like a cursed map so if as soon as you touch it it's gonna burn your hand because one of my theories was on her burned hand is the map coordinates that they need that's one of my one of my theories on how they get to peridia well it's weak so to it's that weak. to that point though then why didn't it burn sabine's hand right because it'd been off the fire too long or you know because it, 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 because took the curse ahsoka took the curse that's it don't hey, don't overdo the curse okay just the first person gets it perhaps it was bewitched um but yeah the the and then it, it, during that duel, obviously, Shin comes back from the forest. Ahsoka sees that. She believes Sabine is is defeated. Or, you know, she, she's lost. She's gone, right? And the anger, the rage that she feels, like, tapping into that hatred and just <laughs> yeeting Shin into the rock was... You're going to get choked. You're going to get choked. Awesome. Like, just, choked. just picks her up and yeets her into the rock. Um which of course Balin didn't care for, um, and then, and then you know with Sabine coming on and her realizing she's fine, you know you have that. Uh, I was gonna make a tweet about this, but you have that uh, Lord of the Rings moment, right, where Elrond's screaming at Isildur to destroy the ring, right, and then he's like, "No," right, obviously for different reasons, but it, it was it was one of those moments where. She realizes that that she won't she won't uh, destroy it, and she lets her guard down. Balin knocks her off the cliff. Um, did you have an issue? Like I kind of already touched on it earlier. Did you have an issue with how Sabine chose to act in that scene? Oh yeah, yeah. Didn't like it. <laughs> Not a fan. Didn't fit her mo. Um. In a way, it did because you know she got the attachment to Ezra, all that stuff, and like never wants to give up on him. And so she decided that that was the only way to get to him. I can see her holding on to it. Um, <clears throat> I actually think this is where my theory takes off. So do it. I just think this is the entry point for the war, or the world between worlds. Um, so they've written about it a lot, right? Where it, it's not. It's not like a time traveling device. It's everything that happens within the war, the world between worlds is also linear with the other story, right? So once something happens, it happens one time and then that's it. Like that's, that's what happens. Um, the person that affects it might have seen one different thing, but once that person affects something, it's not like a, I can go over and do it again. It like it's done because it's in the timeline. Um, so in Rebels, when we see Ezra pull out Ahsoka from the battle with Vader, they put Ahsoka right back on Malachor, and that's it. That's that's where that's where she ends up. Vader's walking off, Ahsoka's walking off separately. So they are pulled out of they are pulled out of their battle, and that's the one instance. Like, and that's all Ezra affected was that one instance, and then the story continued after that. So my idea currently, my theory is that Ahsoka's one choice to decide the fate is she already lived through this once. Like it just happened. 
So her going back and actually pulling Sabina aside and saying, I know what I said. You have to be different. So like on Sabine's way to the battle, older Ahsoka is going to come and say, I need you to do this differently than what I just told you 10 minutes ago to do. And so that's going to be the change that Ahsoka makes. Okay. Because I think, I think when she, when she pulled her aside and asked her, can I trust you? I think that goes back and I, it, it could have been then like Ahsoka could have already pulled the switch out, so to speak back at the ship with, with Sabine. And so her saying, can I trust you? Was the, was the moment that she'd already given her, but we won't know until we see the war between worlds. Well, oh, the war, sorry, world between the, the, the world between worlds scene that we're going to get next episode. Interesting. So because then it's going to make sense why Sabine, then, then, then it's going to make sense why Sabine acted the way she did because Ahsoka affected that plot point. Okay, so now you kind of got me thinking because, so you're telling me that the end yeah. of season, the end of season two of Rebels, Ezra was in like season four, like we okay, so we saw, at the end of season two we saw what happened in season four, and the aftermath of that. Yeah. Okay. Now my head's just exploded. Because um, the loop. <laughs> The world between worlds a loop. It's not a time travel device. Right. No. Dave I, only said multiple times. It's not. It, it's supposed yep. to be like a window. Like mm -hmm. it's, it's supposed to be a window into a into a scene. So, it's going to be a loop. And like I said before, like Ezra wanted to pull Kanan out right. of his demise. And as soon as Ahsoka like was there, she's like, "Don't do that because if you pull him out, you don't survive. Like you don't survive that." that situation which means you won't be here right now so you can't affect that and so i think i, I just i think that that's we're going to get a loop situation next episode uh -huh. and it's going to show where ahsoka tells sabine this is the only way that anyone gets what they want is if you act like this because what she already saw didn't work so by that stretch then ahsoka dies at the hands of Vader on Malachor. But Ezra fixed that from happening. Yeah, it could have. Yeah. Basically. I mean, Vader had him, had her. Oh, yeah. On the ropes, and mm. Ezra pulled her out. Oh, my God. My head's exploding right now. Okay. So um, let me see if I have your theory correct. All right. So. Yeah, this will be interesting. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> you're thinking, your thoughts are that Ahsoka has already. Basically, they've played through that duel with Balin. The duel with Shin, the duel with um, Maroc, which is how she knew how to attack through the, the spinny lightsaber, you know, the double-bladed helicopter spin, right? Because it was perfectly fluid, and that would make sense if, that's, if this is your theory, right? So she's already done that. They've already done that, right? So, but she doesn't know that Sabine, or no, sorry. So she would know that Sabine was going to come back. Like was gonna def like make it past Shin at least initially, and 
So she's basically rehashing like a Groundhog Day type thing, except that, mm. except that she she manipulated one. So instead of trusting her to destroy the map, right? Because that was the thing that frustrated me the most was that they spent all of last episode kind of rebuilding that whole trust thing. And then in the first 30 seconds of this this episode, they just completely destroy it because she's questioning whether or not she can trust her. So you're thinking that Ahsoka does trust her to do that in the first go round, and it doesn't go well. And so, right. and she kind of sees, or she has seen what what is a result of how Sabine acts in the first go around. And so this time is the do-over where, like you said, she convinces her to basically give the map over, over excuse me, over because the timeline that was created by not doing that is worse. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's where I was at. That's why I've been up for the last 24 hours. And I'm like, this makes a lot of sense here. Because we, because as a, as a viewer, we wouldn't know that the timeline was altered yet. Because even at, you know, the last episode of Rebels Season 2, like, we didn't know that Ahsoka made it out. We assumed the temple crashed out on both of them. and Well, except that at the end of Season although we, 2. Although, although we know Vader, we, although we know that Vader survived because, you know, well, well, that's why survived. that's why I asked you because you see Ahsoka walking out with the ma ma Maori or the ma ma the owl, right? The daughter. Yes, right? but we didn't. But we but we did not know how. Right. The duel finished. Exactly. Okay. So, so that's what I'm saying. Like, so we saw the end result of Ezra already doing that from two seasons later. That's okay. So I was following. Yeah. Okay, so I was following that correctly. Um, yeah. That is that is wild. Um, cause it would be, I, I, unfortunately for me in my mind, I'm like, God, that's, that's kind of lazy because we already went through this once, but at the same time, like it makes perfect sense that we have the, what the last piece was and we don't understand something in the middle and sure. then mm -hmm. they're going to fill, they're going to fill in the gap in the world between worlds. And so so okay, so kind of fast forwarding then to that end scene with Anakin, right? And mm -hmm. when he says, "I didn't expect to see you so soon," right? So, I mean, Anakin isn't alive, right? He's he's that that isn't actually him, right? Like that that cannot be actually uh, unless 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 what they've done is they've jumped somewhere back in time. Like, like, like before, like this isn't her, like in the world between worlds now or like currently. Right. But I, I, that still doesn't even make sense because why would Clone Wars? Anakin there's like be there? two theories that I've, there's two theories that I bought into, right? Right. One, one was Anakin's used the world between worlds before. Okay. <laughs> and he was in there and he was able to see future, future instances. And he decided to pull her out. I don't like that. No. At all. Mm -mm. Because if Anakin had used the world between worlds and been able to see the future, he would also see what he was going to become. And I don't think he'd be very happy with the situation or no. the outcome with Padme or like anything else. So I don't think that one doesn't make that sense. That, to, that doesn't make up. sense. No. Um, but the other one was that 
someone else is playing a trick on her in the world between worlds, similar to uh, Palpatine playing a trick on Ezra Bridger, making him see his parents. Because at the end of the episode, we get Vader's theme at the end. So I it, me, it makes me think there's some um, some evil evil stuff going on behind behind Anakin being there. So with, okay, so with that last theory, the second theory, because I don't, or your second thought, I don't know if it's a theory, but that, that first one doesn't. Yeah, I don't buy into the first one, so you're good. Me neither, because again, if, if that was actually him and he, it still doesn't make sense because he's dead, right? Like, so. Yeah, but he also wasn't a ghost. I mean, he didn't look like he was a ghost. Sure. So is he an so is he an apparition, right? And to your point about Palpatine trying to convince Ezra to to rejoin his family, like that wasn't. It was just a not even a force projection. It was basically just almost like a a zoom or a, a Microsoft Teams layer over top of the evil Palpatine. Right. He just made himself look fancy. Right. Um, <laughs> and and proper and prim and 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 everything like that. Because as Ezra brought down the temple or that temple component, right? Then he flickered out and he, he, he fizzled away. But the, the thing with Ezra and Ahsoka being in the world between worlds in rebels, right? Palpatine uses that some, some sort of magic, right? To extend himself into the world between worlds because he can't physically go into it. Um, and so, Anakin, being his light side itself, is allowed in, right? Whereas Vader would not be allowed in because he is, of course, dark side and Sith. So if if he's like a force projection or an apparition, like he has to be physically there. Like, because I don't think if I don't think you could project a force apparition into the world between worlds. Now, I've seen some people talk about the discussion that Yoda has with Ezra in the temple in season one on Lethal, right? And they were saying that that was the world between worlds. But I don't think that that was. Like, um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we saw the world between worlds before we ever saw it in season four. But people kept saying, you know, the things I've seen online is, is if Yoda is able to force project into everyone's diving in, everyone's diving in hard <laughs> on it now. So, you know, if, if Yoda is able to force project in the world between worlds, then of course, Anakin would be able to. And I don't think that that's what that was. Um, and so if to your point or to, to your theory earlier about Ahsoka having already seen this, that would explain his uh his surprise in seeing her again right so soon if 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 and it would also explain how she knows what they're standing in in season four of rebels right because she's not surprised by any of where like she's not surprised at where they are right she recognizes immediately that if she pulls if he pulls Kanan out she's he's gonna affect everything right which makes me think, after listening to what you just said, that she's done this before, and that she's gone there before with Anakin. Um, so it's you know, and I've heard also things about how we're going to see Clone Wars flashbacks and stuff like that, right? Which 
if the two of them went through together at one point, um, you know, at that time before, again, before he became Vader and they didn't do any sort of exploring, right? Um, then it would kind of validate your thought that she's seen what happened here once before and then made the tweak. Um, because yeah, her, her, her reaction to Ezra pulling her out and then her being where she was, like she wasn't all like, what is this place, right? It's almost like she kind of knew, like she'd seen it before. I don't know. You you mentioning that earlier makes made me yeah. made me contemplate that. So, um, I love making you think. That's my job. <laughs> I, and that's not good because then I, I almost just, shared it with you before, but I'm like, I really want, I really just wanted uh, the the uh, I wanted to see your head explode for a second because uh -huh. I'm just like I, I should share this with him because it's gonna it's gonna provoke a lot of thought. But at the same time, I wanted to see the just your face of, oh my gosh, no, <laughs> yes, yes, no. Oh, and, and now I have the off the cuff reaction. I don't have any time to think or theorize or put my yes, thoughts welcome. thoughts in yes, a row. Welcome. So thank you for that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna be at work tomorrow. Well, so what do you have to talk about tonight? <laughs> <laughs> well, not not much, not much. That was. That was one of those things. Uh, I I wanted to discuss. In, well, basically, where we're at now, right? What is what is Ahsoka's purpose in the world between worlds? What are we going to use it for, if anything? But in your theory, we've already used it once. Um, yeah, I think I'm going to stick with it. I think uh, you know, I think it's a one it's a one and done use, just like Ezra. Ezra used it one time, and he was out of it. And I think that's exactly what Ahsoka did. Or will do. Has done. Yes. <laughs> All of the above. Now, the now, what did you think of my thoughts about how she actually ended up in the world between worlds? Do you, do you think she actually got pulled yeah, out, see, I, or do you think she fell through a portal? I think she had some help because, you know, the map was down. Because you had mentioned the Purgal portal. Yes. That was hovering. So I watched for it. And I, I had seen it the first time, but I'm like, that was in the map. So it was part of the map room, nothing else. So it was part of the map. Uh, it was a gateway that the line went straight through it to Peridia. So it was part of the path to Peridia. So I'm just like, eh, I see what you're saying, but that could have been a portal for the world between worlds because that might be how people travel to this other galaxy, you know? Um, But yeah, she had to be pulled in somehow. And it's also possible that there is a similar thing from uh, Lothal, you know, like that was a very ancient structure built on the side of that um, mountain, mm -hmm. you know, uh, built by whoever made the map, which sounded like could have been Night Sisters. Uh, I wonder if there was a portal that has just been there. Um, as part of the temple, so to speak, which would be an easy solution. Um, but then again, I don't, you know, that's that's just all, because Anakin didn't pull her in there, in my mind. So she had to fall through something. So so you think she fell? She, you think she fell through something, some ancient ancient portal that isn't the Pergol portal that materializes when the star map is placed on the pedestal? 
Correct, because I think, I think that just was signifying that the fact that like you could go through the portal or that it was just the way, because the Purgles would use the hyperspace lane to get there themselves. So I think that was just signifying that this is the Purgle path, the, the their gateway to it, and then but this was the path they took. I see. I just think it's it's too much coincident, too coincidental that where it originates from once the map is opened happened to be exactly where that fight ended. Right. Um, yeah, true. And and so, but but you know, however she ended up there, and again, I agree. I think it's. I don't think Anakin pulled her out. Otherwise, he would not have responded in a way of surprise right uh or at least you wouldn't assume he would not um and so the the last thing at least regarding anakin is if if it's current time right so if it isn't some sort of flashback to the first time that you know she ends up there or or what have you right like if it if it's if the experience that we're seeing at the end of the episode is happening immediately after she falls off the cliff, right? Like in the timeline that we see, you know, I've seen, I've seen people say that, or their theory is that it's the sun taking Anakin's form and that she's going to be put through some sort of dark side test. I don't think that that's what the world between worlds is for. Um, <clears throat> or at least I don't think that's what they're going to use it for here. Um, I suspect that if anything else, th they will, if they do have flashbacks, they will revisit points in their timeline, right? They will observe themselves. And I think Anakin will take that opportunity to absolve Ahsoka of any sort of guilt that she feels for his his uh, his fall, basically, um, and kind of allow her a level of clarity that she hasn't had since leaving the order, right? Because there is some level of guilt, I'm sure, that she feels for for how Anakin turned out. And I think it could be as simple as just providing her closure um, in their relationship to allow her to, to move forward. What I don't know is how she gets out, if she gets out. <clears throat> um, right. Unless, of course, she jumps through a portal somewhere and ends up next to Thrawn and Sabine at some point. Well, the other thing is, like, it would be interesting if she went out the gateway in the other galaxy. That's when she started watching the scene, and yep, she, yeah, she just leapt into it. She's like, you know what, I'm here now. But but then that's that's the whole time travel bit. But that right? also doesn't. That, yeah. Well. Because well, because now you're using it as like is it as like a is it it's almost like a warp tube in Mario right like that's effectively what you've yeah. done is you've warped from level well, one to level four and you've taken the world between worlds yeah, she's, pathway she's, yeah she's she's using it to get between the galaxies I don't know I mean that's a straight line somewhere in there right but see I didn't think it was meant to I be tell you what I I already I'm my, my other prediction is you know we're gonna get Pergula around. Um, Pergola. Per, per, the pergola, pergola are going to be right around. We're going to get a lovely wood structure. The pergola. The pergola. Just build it around it. They're going to build right around the ghost. And they're going to freaking zoom it through. Yeah. They, the the pergola will definitely um, 
get the ghost where it needs to go. Oh, a hundred percent. Pretty stoked to, pretty stoked to see that. Yeah. And, and we didn't even talk about Hera at all yet. Um, and, and her, she's an idiot. Malfeasance for Malfeasance's sake. I love her so much. <laughs> I love I, her so much. She's an idiot though. I, I don't understand, you know, the, the fact that she... Not just, not just, she, she brought Jason along, number one, but then she's like, this big-ass ship is going to jump to hyperspeed, and I'm just going to be in the way. Nothing could go wrong. It's like they never watched The Last Jedi. Well, fortunately, there was a giant hole in the middle for them to go through, but, um, yeah, the, that, I... I don't still wrecked, still wrecked half her half her squadron. Yeah, I mean she's gonna get. So I know the 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 um, synopsis of the of the episode is Hera risks career. So the question I guess is, or or a question is, does she? Well, one, does she go back to the fleet and effectively get stripped of her um, her general, her you know her her rank basically? Um, does she get? space court marshaled or does she because i don't know can't handle the truth <laughs> yeah i get a few good men uh a few good men scene right but uh the i i i, I like the pergola idea it makes sense because again the portal with the star map is i would say clearly and i'm gonna put that in air quotes clearly the pergola migration path that was would have been used to to jump between galaxies, right? And so they're going to use that at some point. Who's going to make that connection with the Purgle and be like, hey, take our ship to this galaxy, right? Because they don't... Like, Jason. You think Jason's going to do it? That, but that... I don't know who else will. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's nobody else to make that connection. Ezra was the whole reason that the Purgle did he's anything. Got, except... He's ex got a bad feeling. Except... So. Oh, no, no, no. Hold on. Time out. So at the end of episode, at the end of season four, Ezra sends um, Vizago and Ryder and Matt, uh, the kid. Anyways, in the ghost to find the Purgle. And then he plays the frequency, right? To, to attract the Purgle to come back, right? Because Ezra doesn't go and, and bring the Purgle back. He sends the guys in the ghost and so they can't talk to him but that that frequency has to be on the ghost still right so that's how Hera will use the purgle she'll she'll use the frequency that's on the ship i don't know how she's going to know it's there but she's going to play the mating call the wild mating call of the purgle and say take us back to your you know hyperspace take us to your migration routes right and that's got to be how they get there because there's no other way for them to communicate, and it was the ghost that led the Purgo back to Lothal at the end of Rebels, which then allowed Ezra to kind of commune with them, and obviously they, they <clears throat> blasted off into hyperspace. So I guess that's the theory on the whole reason, because it makes no sense why they would have gone there and not like done anything other than get blown up, is if it's the ghost that is meant to to attract the purgle and, and pull them to Peridia. Um, has to be. Has to be, right? So 
the last thing is, you know, you get the end scene, uh, you know, Sabine's given the map to Balin, Balin destroys it, no one's, you know, no one's going to follow us. Sabine's standing there on the deck, on the bridge. Aside from being captive, do we expect Sabine to do anything useful until like everyone's kind of reunited like is like what's her what's her role now so you know she wants to be with Ezra Balin gives her some sort of vague ass you will be reunited with your friend I'm like yeah if he's dead then what they're gonna kill you like I don't I you know I don't know what that that whole thing means right but um you know she's been manipulated to believe that Ezra is alive um Balin seems to believe he's alive, um, or at least implies it. So what is Sabine's role now that she has effectively doomed the, the galaxy to the rise of the First Order and the return of Thrawn? Like, cause that's what she's done. What a terrible decision she made. Going deep theory again. Okay, let's hear it. I think she's gonna turn Shin. Turn her what? Flipper, flipper sides. It would be interesting to see both apprentices going against Balin. I just don't think Shin's on board with the witchcraft that's happening. And I think once they get there, so there's a couple things I think that's gonna happen. Right? I don't think Balin's gonna be well, like well um, received by Thrawn. Okay. Um, because Thrawn just doesn't if you've read the books and everything else like you know him and vader did not exactly see eye to eye on most most things mm-hmm. and uh thrawn is in it for himself and he doesn't need the extra mythology or anything like that so i i, <clears throat> I think something bad's gonna happen to balin because of thrawn and shin will kind of flip a little bit being that Sabine is already chirping in her ear a little bit. I don't know. It'll be interesting. Like, okay. So, I don't know if we're going to get that again. Because mm, here's the no. deal. We already got the, I, I said last episode, we were going to get the rematch mm-hmm. down the line. Well, we got last episode. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get another rematch. There's no reason for another rematch. No. It's 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 getting monotonous here. So like, <laughs> what, what changes? And the change for me is we flip them to fight together against something. Okay. I don't know. That's where I'm at. See, that's where my mind's going. I, so with that, and I've seen that theory also, um, the, her immediate, like her immediate action to just choke out Sabine, right? After everything. Oh yeah. Right. I mean, she just, she was going to kill her. She would have killed her had Balin not told her to let her go. Um, and so I don't know exactly. I mean, she told her she has no power. Um, she told her that she was going to regret every decision, you know, the decisions she made in the forest. Like, Shin does not seem like a Sabine fan. And so, and Sabine is not confident enough or attuned enough in the force or any of that to be persuasive enough to turn a Jedi, a dark Jedi, a you know, a friendly dark side or like, I don't, I, you know, whatever she is, 
I don't see. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't see any. That's why that I, th- I, I think there's something that happens that pushes her to team up. Well, yeah, it would be it would be Balin being killed. It because you saw the way, like we see the way that she reacts when Maroc is is destroyed, like the the fear, yeah. right? Like imme- like holy, you know, like I don't know if it was fear or if it was like. Um, uh, angst. It's one over. of those. That's never happened before, right? Like, that's never happened before. What? What? What is this? So, you know, if 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 she's been with Balin for any length of time, right? She has some level of attachment to him, right? And if she's trusting him to take her to the promised land, so to speak, right? Because that's what that's what he tells her, right? What's in it? Uh, you know, she's like, "What's what? What do we get out of it, right?" And Balin says, "Power, you know, greater than you could ever imagine," sort of thing, right? Like that's the whole reason for finding Thrawn. And so, if then Thrawn betrays them, she, yeah, Shin's gonna lose her her mind, right? Because she's already unhinged, and <laughs> uh, she's the she, she's the crazy girlfriend that you know you look the the wrong way, and and she's gonna light your house on fire, um, but. Uh, <laughs> She, uh, anyways, so, so Balin, Balin going down would be the catalyst for her to, to enemy of the enemy is my friend sort of thing. Right. So Sabine being her enemy, but they hate Thrawn. And I mean, again, though, Thrawn can't lose, so to speak, unless they decide to change everything, unless they decide to change kind of everything about how the first order comes to be. Right. Cause again, I've said it three times now, but Thrawn is a, currently the current catalyst for the rise of the first order now that could change if they wanted it to um i don't know that they they'd want to do that but i i to to, to your point if 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 shin is going to flip i think it's going to be kind of like you said balin gets murked by thrawn but thrawn just doesn't strike me as like an immediate uh um like i feel like it would be more methodical and. I mean, and like, they're there to help him, right? You know? Right. They're, they're there to help him, so. And, uh, you know, so I'm curious. So, um, I guess any other big theories before we kind of wrap up this episode and look at, uh, look at, um, kind of look ahead to the final four, four episodes. No, I'm not going to drop anything else on you. Okay. I'll, I'll let it go. My brain can't handle. I don't that. have anything else either, but. Um, so, so yeah, what, um, kind of what grades, what kind of grade would you give? You know, we'll do, we'll do our IMDb discussion real quick and then look ahead to the final four episodes. What, what grade would you give this episode? So my initial grade for this episode would have probably been like a seven, five, because I was not happy with a lot of it. And I, I told you, I was like super confused about why. And I still am confused. I'm not going to lie about that. I'm still confused on why Ahsoka ended up in the world between worlds. But now that I've theorized myself out of it, and I'm like, oh, this is what could have been happening the whole time, and I'm so I'm sold. I'm sold. So I'm in. Um, I'll probably give it like an eight, probably an eight five. I, I mean, yeah, probably a point better. I probably would go eight five. You know, the lightsaber battles were fun. I really enjoyed them. I love seeing Balin and Ahsoka go at each other. I love the side conversation during that from Balin. Um, 
I really, really like Bay. I really want more of him. Um, Shin and Sabine rematch. Knew it was going to happen. Rock'em, Sock'em, Robots. I texted you that the other day. I'm just like, yeah, bring him. Yes, I'm, that I'm was game. awesome. I'm down for that. That was awesome. Um, I just think that, uh, you know, that stuff is the fun stuff for Star Wars. And uh, um, I've seen so many negative people online saying, well, if you're going to pull out a lightsaber every episode, it's not fun. You know, there's it goes back to the whole you can't please everybody. If, if there were no lightsabers, they would be upset about that too. So I, yeah, I don't know. Um, but I really enjoyed the battles, the duels we had. I liked the Maroc thing. Like I, I, I don't mind it. I, I was happy it wasn't somebody I didn't want to see. Um. And then yeah, just excited to see the next episode. I can't wait to see what happens when they get there and how we'll figure out how all of our heroes get there also because it's got to happen. So what about you? So I would, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I would have initially given it probably around the seven, five, like you said, maybe seven, four or seven, three. I remember Keith texted us his grade originally and it was a seven, three. And then I couldn't understand how it would have, you know, scored so low with Sabine's uh, actions not really fitting the character that really put me off, like I already said. Upon the second rewatch and looking at it more from a from her perspective on family and the, and the search for family and that sense of belonging that she's always craved, um, yeah, like I said, I'm jumping in at probably a full another point, so I'd get up around 8-4, Eight five, eight six, somewhere in there. Um, for many of the same reasons, right? You get the the, the excellent saber battles, uh, the surprise in Hu Yang's hand to hand combat skills. That was I, I love the fact that he just destroyed all of the work he had done just to trigger Ahsoka and Sabine to come out and help with the uh, oh yeah the battle. But yeah, so I'm I'm like eight five, eight six, probably. <clears throat> so looking at IMDb. Oh, which takes me right back to. Not that it didn't make sense during the episode, right? Because Ahsoka knows her droid very well. Like, oh, she knows Hyang very well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Her response but to that. But what if Ahsoka already knew? Uh huh. That makes sense. Because the way she reacted, she's like, no, that's not. That's not. He normal. wouldn't. He wouldn't have done he that. He wouldn't. Yep. Which is also a fair response, right? Like he wouldn't ruin his own work, like or he wouldn't. But I, I'm still, I'm, I'm getting more on board. I'm, I'm selling myself more on it. You're selling yourself on your own theory. We're gonna see, we're, we're gonna see a replay of parts of this episode. I'm, we're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. I'm excited. We'll see. Okay, we'll see. Okay. Excellent. Continue. What IMDb do? Yeah, so IMDb's got it uh, at an eight nine. So it, I believe, is the highest scoring or highest rated episode so far. Let me double, just confirm that real quick. I mean, people, people wanted to see the world between worlds so bad they were waiting on it, so they finally got it. And Hayden Christensen came back. Yeah, I mean, it's all the nostalgia came through this episode. And and it was funny in the last five minutes. It was funny too because I saw so many, or I saw people complaining about the. 
you know, the CG to kind of smooth, to, to youth, youthify him, basically, right? Oh, DH. And it's yeah. the same people that were probably complaining that they didn't do that in Kenobi. And it's like, okay, you, <laughs> you can't have it both ways. Either, either you want him younger or you don't. So stop your complaining. But so out of 8,400, uh, you know, ratings, it's an 8.9 out of 10. So highly, uh, highly regarded there. Um, <clears throat> looking at the user reviews, uh, let's find our friend Posey fan real quick. There it is. Yeah, I was going to say, you got to find the one. Nine out of 10. Honestly, this is one of the best episodes of Star Wars television. Um, but again, no, uh, no real, it, no real expansion. Oh, there it is. Um, lightsaber combat lover's dream choreography to be good. Like the misdirection they took with Morocco. Uh, everything was great story wise with this episode. So yeah, you got seven out of 10, nine out of 10, 10 out of 10 best episode of the first half of the show. It's not even close. Well, that's, that is, yeah, true. Um, that's very true. Let's see. You got a four out of ten story, not out of this first was by four. far the best episode out of the first four. Yeah, and yeah, I mean it's again, it isn't, and it isn't even close. Um, ten out of ten. If you don't like this episode, you're not a Star Wars fan. I don't like gatekeepy. Uh, <clears throat> um, I hate gatekeepy reviews like yeah. that. Uh, I also understand. I mean, uh, let's see. Nine out of ten, best Star Wars. The Saber battles were just so good this episode. They were, they were really good. They, they again, they felt, um, again, practical or plausible, right? Like they would have, they felt like sword fights you would have had in throughout history, right? Um, type type of sword duels like that. Um, tears by the end. The rise of the Jedi is coming. Mm, not so sure about that. Uh, Part two out of ten. Part four comes before five. Green spray. Gr Whoa, hold on. Green spray paint general argues with the lieutenant about leaving and steals a ship. Steals a ship? That's her ship. Tells Green head kid, if you're a general, you get to disobey orders too. Um, <laughs> dumb. Uh, dumb robot works on ship outside on its own only to be ambushed by some ninja stealth ninja robots. <laughs> of course, he wasn't going to get the ship fixed. Punk rock girl and Darth Poodle Eyes have another square off in the dark woods. <laughs> Darth Poodle only manages to kill a few trees. After disarming Punk Rock Girl, she hesitates to kill her to remind her she has no power. Uh, um, as the fight goes on, the mysterious gimp is sliced in half with a deadly lightsaber and green smoke balloons from his costume. Um, that being said, Punk Rock surrenders orb and turns herself over at the end. Two out of ten. Eh. Ten out of ten, ten out of ten. So, I mean, overall, the uh, vast majority of reviews uh, were good. Um, there was a one out of ten best episode far, but still crap. I don't, okay. Ten out of ten, nine out of ten, eight out of ten. Yeah, so, I mean, overall, this was this was a uh, high mark, high mark episode, and and that's not really, <clears throat> that's not really a shock. So, where do we go from here? I 
the next episode. No, I'm kidding. Well, um, which which is going to be in theaters, the right? Is, they're going to screen that. They're going to screen this in theaters. So it's it's a clear <coughs> indication that something's well, only certain about to happen. Only certain theaters, unfortunately. I wish it was more. True. That is true. <clears throat> um, I, I think that obviously something big is going to happen. We're going to get a lot of Hayden. Um, which is why I think they're taking it to the big screen because we're getting a lot of Hayden. Mm-hmm. And it's, I mean, I think it's going to be good. I think, I think we're going to get that. The only reason they would take it to theaters is if it's going to hit the hour mark. Yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah. I'm hoping we get an hour mark. So, you know, I, I just, whew, we're going to get thrown. I mean, next episode's going to be packed. It's gonna. We're gonna get the. You think we get thrown next? Initial ep- view of. The, do you think we get thrown next yes, episode? We have okay. to. Why would they take it? Why would they do a theater screening for it if we're not gonna get a lot of Hayden? But we're gonna we're gonna finish with Thrawn. Mm-hmm. We see Ezra for the first time. Real. I, I mean, there's so many big things that could happen next episode to make it theater worthy. So, so I guess to that end, what like how does the season? You know, we're four episodes in. We got four to go. We're gonna have the big reveal, presumably this coming episode here in a couple of days. I guess how does everyone get back together? How do we get the band back together, John? I mean, I, I think the big question right now is: Do we get them back together on the extra galaxy or in the current galaxy when they come back with Thrawn? Uh-huh. <laughs> And I think they all get there. So, because that's Purgle taking the ghost. That's Ahsoka finding her way. Sabine's already there, mm-hmm. or will be there with the bad guys. Hmm. I mean, I think everybody gets there, <laughs> even though the map is destroyed. So, the end, you know the the kind of culmination of of some people's characters i mean the fun thing is we don't know who has you know with some with some of our past shows right we kind of know who has to make it through certain crises right like they have the plot armor right i I feel like at this point short of maybe thrawn there's no guarantee with any of these people right you know, just because we see the ghost at the end of Rise of Skywalker doesn't mean it's Hera piloting it, right? And, uh, or or Sabine, or, or I mean, it could be Jason, right, in, in theory. Um, so the cool thing is that we haven't seen any, very little of what's left to come, right? Like nine seconds or whatever. And almost nobody has plot armor. So the stakes are going to be high. Like, you don't know... If Ahsoka is actually going to die, you don't know if you know Sabine, Shin, Balin, more like all of these, all of these characters, to an extent, are expendable for various reasons, and it makes the storytelling opportunities strong and the and the emotional toil high, you know. And I am really excited for what we're going to get these last four episodes and the fact that. From from things that I've heard around the interwebs, 
the story is panning, or you know, it's laying the groundwork for some sort of <laughs> magnum opus type Star Wars story from from Dave and company. And so I can't wait. Well, yeah, I mean, we're gonna get that. Hopefully, we get the movie. That's the Mandoverse, right? So, mm-hmm. no, true. So. <clears throat> this is this is gonna lead right into that. I think because I mean, Thrawn has to be involved in that movie. You would think so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I I saw somebody say like that Thrawn uh, has to. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, like during this during the season, like one of the two things has to happen: either Thrawn has to lose, but survive, mm-hmm. or Thrawn can win, but not kill too many people in the process mm-hmm. that we care about mm-hmm. so they can all be there for the movie well the i saw somebody joking uh i think it was on twitter about how carson is like the nick fury of of the mandoverse he's like he knows all of the characters and he's like bringing everybody together uh i love any anytime hera calls him i'm like oh hey you're in this too that's awesome welcome um so, uh, you know, just to close on, on Balin, you know, talking about how much I, we want more of him, you know, seeing his performance in this episode makes the loss of Ray Stevenson so bittersweet because like, you know, you know, we know we're not going to get any more of him, um, in any sort of, in any sort of content, um, at least with his voice or with his, his stature or what have you. And so, you know, it's a treat what we're getting with his character because he's doing such an amazing job of playing him. But it's it's sad that this is the this is the only bite of the apple that we get. So um, it's a little it's certainly bittersweet. Yeah, it's hard, hard, hard to see. So um, any anything else for part four or look ahead to part five? No. Not for me. Do you have anything else? No, I've got, I've got nothing else. Um, just as a reminder, uh, in two weeks' time, we will be down in Cape Girardeau at CapeCon 2023. Schedule has been finalized. Uh, we will be on the po- or in the podcast lounge uh, at 7 p.m. Saturday night. So if you're down in the Cape area, uh, if you're going to SEMO or if you're in the area, if you're in the region. Come come hang out for the uh, come, come hang out the, for the weekend. Should be a really good show. There's actually quite a few signings. Um, I know uh, the guy who played Colossus is there, and um, uh, Red Skull and everything like that. So, and actually, somebody who voiced um, Captain Slavin or Commander Slavin from Rebels is actually be there too. But anyways, uh, September 29th, 30th, and October 1st in Cape Girardeau, we will be again there, 7 p.m. the night of. September 30th in the podcast lounge. So again, if you're in the area, be sure to come check us out at CapeCon 2023. But with that, yeah, we're going to bring this episode to a close. So again, if you uh, enjoy the content, please consider liking, subscribing, sharing, rating, following, etc. cetera. Uh, be sure to follow us on our social media channels. Uh, the information will be down in the show notes. But for John and I, we're going to make our jump to hyperspace. So for Jedi John, I'm Obi Sean, and until next time, May the Force be with you. Force Tigers.